Hey, hey, so uh, it's Thursday, January 5th. Uh, Some folks are out there still saying Happy New Year. Again, I say that's okay. Through this weekend, by the time we get to Monday, it should be done. Of course, there are some people who have this week off too, so they're going to come back and be like, hey, Happy New Year. Uh, But I don't don't really give a shit. I'm not – there are a lot of things that – (laughs) <laughs> that I'll see uh, Larry David will get upset about and I'll say, oh my God, I thought I was the only one who was bothered by whatever, whatever that thing is. Uh, the, the Happy New Year thing, I don't, I don't really give a shit. And frankly, I don't, think, I don't think he does either. I think he just needed a joke, a new bit for, for Curb and, uh, a couple years ago and to be able to take it on the road, you know, Kimmel and all the shows and stuff and kind of work that in. But anyway... Uh, yeah, so there haven't been as many podcasts as usual, and uh, it might be that way for a little while. So a quick little status update. I'm sort of hesitant to do this. It's like, you know, you know, it's like when you're interviewing for a job that you really hope you get and you really want it and, you know, uh, don't tell people that you're interviewing because then you don't get it and it's like, hey, how the... What's the status? Did you get the job? No. <laughs> tell the people when you get the tell people when you get the offer. You're like, hey, I got the job. Yeah, now you can celebrate. Same thing with like you know big milestones in life, right? You know you don't want to you don't want to take the pregnancy test. <laughs> you know, uh, a couple weeks after you've had sex and uh, and your your wife, girlfriend, what have you, uh, you know, is late. And you don't want to immediately take that pregnancy. Oh, my God, pregnant. It's positive. You don't want to call the family immediately and say, hey, guess who's having a baby? It's so early. You know, you wait usually around, uh, I I don't know. You wait wait at least a a month or two. You know, you have had a few doctor's visits. They confirm, yes, you are pregnant. You have the ultrasound. Yep, there's a little... uh, thing inside of you there, a little peanut type uh, situation. And then like, okay, all right. Everything's good, everything's healthy. We can tell the parents and we can tell the friends and family blah blah blah. blah. Or maybe you start small with like, okay, the fr- you know, you're a couple months in and you say, okay, we'll tell the parents and the in-laws and the very close family and and that sort of thing. And then you and then and then when the baby's you know, getting obviously after a certain point, people are going to notice no matter what. So then you can say, yep, yep, pregnant. Um, same thing for, I think, uh, you know, the home buying type thing. And I know I've talked about it a lot on the podcast, so that's why I don't give a shit because I don't care. It's not like, I, you know, we either, you know, we either get a home or we don't. And then if we don't, we move on to the next one. Right, that's all. There's the emotions are completely removed. I'm not, you know, I'm not a child, and you see a great house that you like, and you might fall in love with it. But you also, you know, you take some time to sort of come down from that high and think <laughs> rationally, logically, and you say, okay, well, we haven't even made an offer on this house yet, so like, let's not go crazy. Okay, then you make an offer. Hey, all right, but we, nobody's accepted the offer, so let's not get too excited about this. And then they accept the offer. It's like, all right, well, let's, hey, 
Thumbs up, dude. Uh, but still, that doesn't mean shit. Yeah, you got you got pre-approved, and uh, and they accepted the offer, and you've got a down payment ready, and you you know you've even made, given them a deposit on the down pay things like that that are moving along, and it's still like yeah, <laughs> not until we've gotten to the closing date and signed all those papers and paid all that money and given all those all those closing costs and down payments and the whole thing uh and then are handed the keys and then are standing inside the new not until that time and even then cuz I'm me I'm still waiting for like eh something's going to happen <laughs> there's some secret uh fucking gas leak somewhere in the house you know we're going to we're going to go celebrate with some ice cream or like go go back to the apartment and get some moving boxes and, and the house is going to blow up. I, I, I always expect, that's just me, I expect absolute most absurd scenarios. Not even the worst case, just the, the absurd case scenario. Like, well, you never know. Someone might come along with a rocket launcher, GTA style, and, and blow this place to smithereens while we're out having a celebratory ice cream to celebrate the new house. Anyway, I say all this because over the Christmas break on Christmas, <coughs> excuse me, I believe it was Christmas Eve or maybe Festivus, the 23rd or 24th, no, it was, it was the 23rd, it was Friday, I think, <coughs> excuse me, Ugh. I'm like, hmm, hold on, Jesus Christ, I'm having like major like gag reflex, I just had to pause the recording, I was like gagging, <laughs> it's gross. Anyway, uh, I think it was on the 23rd. We had uh, that, that week leading up to Christmas, we had gone and there was an open house and we had gotten pre-approved and we went and saw a really fantastic house built in 1850. And yeah, the, you know, the alarms kind of go off like, oh boy, that's... <laughs> I I don't really want a house that was built in 1950, but 1850, whoa. But then you go in and you see the house and it's like, oh, this is basically a new house. <laughs> this is basically a four-year-old, four to seven-year-old house. You know, a new roof and the new heating system. And, uh, you know, they had the, the ther- you know, a smart thermostat that you can, you know, hook up to your Amazon or your Google and have the voice, you know, you know, you just say, turn up the heat. Turn off the heat. Turn it in, whatever. Um, no central air, which is a problem, but not a huge problem because it's New Hampshire. A couple sticky months <laughs> in uh, between June and September, but, you know, not the worst thing in the world. Uh, and it was just a great, you know, walking distance to downtown. Like, oh, that's where all the best restaurants are. And, and there are not many good restaurants in Nashua, but the ones that are good are pretty much most of them are in the same location along Main Street. Uh, would have been, you know, a five or ten minute walk uh, to most of the restaurants, a twenty minute walk to one of the local parks, a five minute walk to uh, my favorite corner sh- store in in town that's been around forever, uh, Janotes Corner Market. And it's you know it's one of those old timey you know back in the day 
back when like they actually, you know, they had na- different neighborhoods and there wasn't one big supermarket that everybody drove to. Everyone had their their corner store and most of them still exist. They're, you know, mostly they're just kind of convenience stores now, not really so much a market um, as just, uh, you know, a bodega type thing, convenience store, whatever you want. And, uh, <coughs> excuse me, but this denotes which has, you know, been around, like I said, been around forever. I, th- I want to say they've been around for like 80 years. But anyway, uh, it was a five-minute walk to that. I loved their chicken salad sandwiches. Loved their lobster roll. Good, you know, good sandwiches and, you know, expensive groceries, but whatever. It's con- That's why they call it a convenience store. They don't, call it a, <laughs> they don't call it a super value bargain discount store. They call it convenience store. You're paying for the convenience of, you know, oh, hey, here's, they got all the same bullshit as the grocery store, except it's triple the price, but I don't have to go to the grocery store. Okay. Um, anyways, this, this house was really, really nice. Uh, had, you know, just everything had been, had been uh, updated, an updated kitchen, updated bath, everything. I mean, really the, the, the people who owned it before these last people who are moving out, uh, they, I don't know, seven, eight years ago, bought the place, fixed it up, flipped it. Uh, and then the, the current owner uh, has already moved out, has a new house. And, uh, you know, obviously looking to unload this place real quick. So we made what I felt was a very competitive offer. And our offer was rejected. <laughs> and the house... We offered twenty, about twenty thousand, over asking. You know, which a year ago wouldn't have been competitive at all. Would have been a shit offer. But now that things have settled down, people are not going crazy, crazy, crazy to pay absurd amounts of money for houses that are not worth anywhere near what they were going for a year ago. Uh, Things are settling down. Have settled down. Continued to settle down. And this house went for the the list price, not the twenty thousand over the the list price that we had offered, uh, and that's because there was concern that we offered. There was actually concern that we offered too much, and that the appraisal would show that it was not anywhere near that, and it would just be a whole thing. So the guy ended up, and I think they had like twenty k more in cash to put down on the house than we did. Okay, the guy, he's not, uh, wasn't too interested in like the long term of it. Just, hey, (laughs) I'd rather, I'd rather sell it for XYZ amount of money and get this as the down payment now (laughs) or at closing, whatever you want to say, as opposed to getting 20,000 less now slash at closing and selling the house for. 20 Kayla, none of it makes sense to me in the sense that like, just, just rationally speaking, like, why wouldn't you take the higher offer? But I also, I get it. The appraisal, it might've just thrown things off, whatever. That's fine. Good for you. You accepted a lower offer. You jackass. He also, I think I said this already and I can't remember, by the way, if I'm repeating myself, I've recorded a lot, not a lot, but I've recorded some in the last few weeks. 
None of it has been posted yet, and not all of it will be posted because there's somewhere I'm I'm yapping away, and then I just stop. I say this is this is crap, and I cut the recording. This might be one of those. Who knows? Uh, so yeah, I I don't know. I know that I am repeating myself, but I don't know if you are hearing it for the first time or not because I don't know what I have and haven't will or won't post. So anyway, this guy had a he had a Trump Pence button on his. <laughs> On his cork board. So, you know, you're not dealing with like the brightest bulb in the box, but you know, whatever guys, uh, you know, he's knows a good house anyways. Uh, so whatever, it's fine. So we found out, I think on Christmas Eve, yeah, no go on the offer. They, uh, they liked the, other. and you know how it is real estate agents. They're going to steer people in the direction that they will, you know, if the real estate agent feels a certain way, they're going to steer, uh, their client towards whatever. And, and it was interesting too, cause I got feedback of like, Oh yeah, the, the realtor thought you guys were really nice, really nice family. Uh, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, what? I'm like, what were they just studying our behavior as we looked at the house? I'm like, well, what are you, what are you talking about, man? Anyway, it's okay. I totally get it. I know how yeah, that shit works. <clears throat> Excuse me. God damn. Uh so they went with they went with a lower offer that gave them a bigger uh down payment up front. Fine. Great. Enjoy. Enjoy Enjoy your $20,000 more that is actually $20,000 less. So fine. Get out of here. And it's okay. Because also, as nice as this house was, the garage was not attached to the house. I was Listen, you've heard me talk about the garages in New Hampshire and how there aren't any. So to get a one-car garage is like, whoa. A two-car garage is like, I can't believe this even exists. And it's an older house. So uh, I'm sure the two-car garage... <laughs> <laughs> was not part of the original uh build in 1850 but uh yeah it was the look just the fact that they had it attached or not it's like great i don't have to shovel off my car i'm about to shovel my way out to the garage but i don't have to shovel the car and the and, and and you know the easiest way into the house from the garage was through the basement didn't love that uh right across the street is an elementary school that's fine for the most part, except during the pickup and drop-off hours, and you start thinking like, "Oh my God, we're gonna have to, we're gonna have to live next to a school drop-off and pickup for how many years?" <laughs> um, I don't know. So even before they rejected the offer, I kind of started thinking there was a second house that we looked at, a house that reminds me of a combination of my grandparents' house and my childhood house that I grew up in. Uh, the neighborhood reminds me very much of my grandparents' neighborhood, older neighborhood, so there's lots of trees. The houses don't all look exactly the same. Uh, they're all different colors. They're different shapes. They're different sizes, uh, but they're all nice, and it's a nice, quiet neighborhood, and there's a sidewalk. That's the big uh, difference between any of the neighborhoods that I'm used to growing up because none of the neighborhoods uh, that I lived in or routinely uh, visited had the sidewalk. So that's nice too. 
So even before we got rejected on the first offer, I was really starting to th- I was like, boy, yeah, well, we made the offer on that house. Hey, and if we get it, I'll be thrilled. But if not, that's okay because, boy, that other house actually is pretty good. Not perfect. None of them are. But, uh, yeah, and it's a, you know, some of the stuff is dated. There's lots of, lots of upgrades that are not necessary but will be taking place to sort of modernize it a little bit. But it has everything, you know, new, new appliances, uh, three, three bathrooms, good-sized basement, nice wood, wooded area with a stream behind the house that goes out to a stone wall in the woods, and nobody can build back there, so that'll just be the view forever, which is not easy to come by in a city like Nashua where the houses are all right on top of each other, and... Very few of them have any kind of real view other than <laughs> other than the view of other people's houses or, like I said, a school <laughs> or more buildings or a highway or, you know, maybe some trees, but still not really all of that. Yeah. And there are some wooded areas, but that is not the majority of the houses because it is a city. Nashua is a city. Uh, so to find a house in a neighborhood that feels uh, more like the suburbs than a city and feels very much familiar as far as like, wow, I, I can't believe how much all of this takes me back to my childhood in a weird way. Uh, But yeah, it's, it's, it's good. It's a, it's a nice, yeah, it's a nice wooded area, uh, nice neighborhood you know, good size. It's got a nice, it's got, you know, uh, uh, all the usual, uh, you know, the first floor is the living room, dining room, family room, kitchen, bathroom, laundry type situation. Nice deck. Uh, looking out into the woods, they've got a nice clearing where they have a picnic table uh, just right by the stream, which is on the property. You can just sit there and listen to the stream. Beautiful trees, so I can imagine what this place looks like in the fall. Uh, and so this was this this was a, a second house. So on Christmas Eve, we had already we were waiting to find out if uh, they accepted the offer on the first house that was clo- you know more of a a city house right near downtown, but but really really nice, uh, very very charming, and didn't really all the best parts of. 1850 were still there like the uh i can never remember the 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 name of that i always i always i always want to call it a tin foil ceiling is it a tin ceiling aluminum i don't know aluminum foil ceiling you know what i'm talking about those old timey ceilings that are really pretty uh it had that uh and it had all the uh you know upgraded this and that like i said um but really the more i thought about it i was like god damn that other house uh, the first house is still probably my favorite in a lot of ways because it's so unique. It's so different. It's one of a kind. Uh, but shit, that second house, there's there's central air. <laughs> it's honestly like uh, there's central air and there isn't a school across the street. There's just another nice house across the street. And it feels pretty private as opposed to the first house downtown, which there's no privacy um both both houses could do better in the backyard department uh 
but both houses have potential for putting in uh, certainly not an Olympic-sized swimming pool, but certainly a, a pool could, uh, could, could have worked in either of them. But the more I thought about it, the more I was like, ah, that, that second house is actually pretty damn good. Huge garage. You could put an apartment uh, above the garage. It's like the ceiling is, is as tall as the house itself. So you've got the garage level, and then there's just all this open space, and they have shelves, and they have some storage. But like, wow, you could you could finish that off, and uh, you know, put a, put a few more load bearing structures up there, you know, connected, and uh, you could have yourself a nice little apartment or a studio where the kids could uh, you know practice their music, and the thirteen year old could play the drums and all that fun stuff. Uh, and then on Christmas Eve, we found out that they didn't accept the offer on the first house, even though we made a better offer, they accepted the other offer. Okay. Hey, you want to make an offer on that other one? Yeah, sure. And and it was listed for, it was listed for like 4,000 more than, uh, what we had offered the first house. So it's like, all right, well, let's just offer them the, uh, the list price. And we did. Uh, Actually, we offered them the exact same offer that we gave to the other house. So we offered 4000 less than the list price. And they came back and said, hey, could you go a little higher? We're like, yeah, sure. <laughs> we'll, offer, we'll offer the list price. And honestly, on Christmas Day, I was just, you know, I was feeling festive and jolly. And I said, you know, I don't really want to do this, but this has gotten me pretty far in life, so fuck it. I'll write a nice note. I'll write a nice letter and I'll hand it off to my realtor and say, hey, I don't know. I don't know if this is able to make it to them or not. And uh, and it did, and it wasn't a bullshit letter. You know, it wasn't like I, I, when my parents sold their house in New York, they went with the people who wrote them a letter. And I felt at the time that it was a bullshit. <laughs> I said, that sounds like bullshit. Oh, it's our forever home. We finally found it, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, right. Hey, guess who? (laughs) Five years later, six years later, I guess. uh, Guess who just moved out of that house over the summer? Yeah, that's right. So I don't want, you know, to me, the love letter is, here's the offer. Either you love it or you don't. Letter, schmetter, give me the best offer. But I thought, you know... I can't go too much higher than this offer. Uh, and it's a really good house. So I'll write a letter. And it was because I, and I just, I told him what I just said to you. I said, this, I couldn't believe when I stepped into this house, I felt like I was in my childhood home. It's so much of the, the things that I, you know, that I loved about my parents' house and my grandparents' house, which are like my two favorite houses ever. And both are not have not been in the family in any way, shape, or form in over five years. Uh, and I, I miss the fact that I can't just come home to New York and just pull up to my parents' driveway and walk in that house, you know, that front door that I, <laughs> that front door that I entered, I don't even know how many thousands of times over the course of 30 years. Uh, and the same with my grandparents' house, which was over the course of 37 years. Because I was I was thirty seven uh, when that that house was sold, and they had it for fifty years, uh, more than fifty years. Um, 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 they were the only owners. 
<laughs> until 2017. Isn't that crazy? It was a brand new neighborhood. They moved in in 1964, I want to say. And uh, yeah, and then it, and then of course uh, sold in in 2017. And my grandma died a year later. My grandpa died in 2004. So uh, it really, for a few years, just kind of sat there. And and then and then it's, so it's like, wow, I, you know, I'm never gonna have Christmas Eve at my grandparents' house like we had for the first 32 years of my life and and several decades before I was born. Uh, never going to have, you know, any, any memories or moments at my parents' house because that's gone. And so seeing this house was like, God damn, it's like the same. It's like if, if my grandparents' house and my parents' house had a baby, <laughs> it would be this place. And so I, I, you know, not in those words, but I wrote that in a nice letter. And I said, I, you guys have a picnic table next to the stream. It's like we're, we're big into camping. It felt like, uh, wow, this is like we can pretend we're camping. We can have a nice, nice meal. We, uh, you know, have burgers and hot dogs and steak or whatever. Whatever the hell. It doesn't matter. We can just have, have dinner and bring it out to the picnic table and sit by the stream and pretend that we're camping. Except, hey, I got to go to the bathroom. I'm going to run right inside and uh, to my heated or cooled house. And uh, instead of a you know a tent and and having to walk through the woods to the outhouse and all that shit. Anyway, so I, I mentioned all this. Plus the guy, he had an office in the basement uh, with uh, with Mets posters and Buffalo Bills posters. And I'm like, oh my god, it's all it's always makes me so happy because you don't. Yeah, let's be honest, you don't see a lot of that around here. Um, in the last few years, I've seen some Buffalo flags and things pop up because, uh, you know, the bills haven't stunk like they normally do these last, uh, three years or so, two, three, four years, whatever it's been. Um, so I think people are a little, a little less afraid to, to show their, their true colors as it were. Uh, but you know, listen. I, I was, I was, I was, a, you know, I, I was watching the Mets long before I was watching the Red Sox. I, you know, I, I watch, like I said, I watch Yankees, Mets, Red Sox. Those are the only baseball teams that I will watch play. I can't just watch baseball for baseball. Football, I can watch any team, although I don't love the idea of watching, like, say, Jacksonville versus Houston or something like that. But most of the teams, even if it's not my team and I don't care, I'll still watch it because it's football, right? Baseball, look, I I certainly root for the Red Sox. I certainly root against the Yankees. And I certainly root for the Mets, too. I want the Mets to be good. Because I, I want all of those teams to do well, so they're all in the postseason. Uh, so I was really ha- like, and look, being from New York, of course, that's all you see is Mets, Yankees, Giants, Bills, Jets, Knicks, uh, stuff. Out here, obviously, being this close to Boston, all you see is Red Sox, Patriots, Bruins, Celtics. And once in a great while, <laughs> you see some New York stuff. Or like a ran- one time I just saw a guy standing in the road with like a Charlotte Hornets coat and hat. And I thought, wow, that's... That's not something you see every day in front of a Walmart in Hudson, New Hampshire. 
And I that was like a week after I arrived here. And I have not <laughs> I have not seen aside from my own Kimball Walker t-shirt that I have, uh, I have not seen a, another uh, another Hornets fan <laughs> anywhere in sight. Anyways, so this house, like the basement office, it was like, ah, oh, this reminds me of, like my grandpa had, my grandpa's was better, but he had his little corner, little nook with his office and his computer and his uh, little pocket tape recorder and all his little gadgets and things. And this guy's essentially has the same thing. And it was like, God damn, like these are presumably New Yorkers. If they have Mets and Bills posters... And, uh, so I just, I said, listen, I grew up in upstate New York. This is like walking into my parents and grandparents' house at the same time, the neighborhood, everything. It feels so warm. It feels so cozy. This is a nice house. And I'm, of course I'm writing this sincerely. And also, like I said, not getting emotionally attached. I'm thinking, boy, it really would make me happy if we ended up getting that house. But also, Hey, Either they, maybe they'll see this letter, maybe they won't, and maybe uh, they'll accept the offer, and maybe they won't, and it's okay either way, because if they don't, we'll move on, and there's other, there's always, <laughs> there's always other houses, even if they're not there right this minute, they will be. Even at low times of the year, like December and January, there's always something. And so, yeah, we submitted <laughs> we submitted the offer on Christmas Day, and then the next day, uh, found out that they accepted the offer. And I haven't met these people. I don't know if I. Well, I guess probably at closing. I guess maybe I'll meet. I don't know. Um, they seem like the loveliest people. I mean, they they sound like they are similar to my parents, both in age and in, uh, you know, political beliefs. Cause I look, I saw the Trump Pence sign at the, at the house that we didn't get. And there was a sign in the garage at the one that they did accept the offer. Uh, you know, the, one of those signs that you've probably seen where it says, uh, you know, in this house, we believe, uh, and it lists all the, you know, that, uh, that love is love and a woman uh, has a right to her body choices, whatever. I can't, I'm like, I don't remember, but all, all of those kinds of things. I'm like, Oh yes, these are really good people. <laughs> and, uh, and this guy, he's got stuff on the wall. He invented, you talk about like the closest thing to, to Clark Griswold that we might have. This guy invented, helped to create flavors of, um, of Welch's, jelly like the concord grape jelly he helped he helped develop the flavor and another jelly too and he's got a picture and there's an article about in the wall i'm like oh my god this is great this guy's whole life has been devoted to to welch's jelly that had to have been just like just like I think, like, wow, it'd be cool to be Clark Griswold and work on the, you know, non-nutritive cereal varnishes. <laughs> and you have, you have to obviously, it's not just a fun job. Uh, it's, it's a hard job, I'm sure. And you have to be very smart. And you have to, you know, probably have a pretty good handle on science and, and, and all of that. Uh, so, like, these are clearly very intelligent people. 
very good, kind, decent people. And, uh, you know, the, the, the thing was, they're like, Hey, you know, we're, they're moving to be with closer to family and grandkids and all that good stuff. And they said, you know, basically passed on like that. They want, they want to have somebody move in here who has kids or is going to have kids and is going to raise a family in this house and all that, blah, 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 blah. And I said, well, guess what? We have kids <laughs> and we have kids that have been living in a piece of shit apartment for, <laughs> for the last seven years and who I have desperately wanted to be able to present them with a beautiful home with a nice yard and all of the accoutrement. And uh, so, I, you know, I wrote that in a, just a small little note, just a little note. And, you know, it helped that I was feeling the, the Christmas spirit and all that shit. And, um, and so I just, you know, I said, listen, uh, you know, here's the, here's my story. This place is great. It, it takes me to a place that makes me very happy and reminds me of things that make me very happy, uh, and places that make me very happy. And I can see a lot of good, uh, memories being made here as you no doubt have done for yourselves. Offer accepted. All right. <laughs> of course, as, and as, as you know, whether you're a homeowner or not, you don't have to be a homeowner to know that that's the easy part. <laughs> Pre-approval and getting an offer accepted, that is, there's no challenge. I mean, you could, you know, I could say like, hey, I'll offer you a million dollars. Hey, they accepted the offer. All right. I was just kidding, though. <laughs> well, you made the offer, asshole. So guess what? Um, so anyway, uh, that's the easy part. And of course, the last uh, week and a half has been, you know, we had the inspection and we've got the appraisal that's going to happen in the next uh, week or so. And just writing checks, man, <laughs> putting a deposit towards the down payment, just a, you know, a good faith kind of thing, uh, and all that fun shit. And just going, uh, look, I've been in the financial services industry, I haven't been on this end of the mortgage, but I know <laughs> I've been in banking my whole, you know, for the last 15 years. I know how it works. I know the process. I know what is involved. I know what it, I knew the whole thing. I mapped out the entire process a year ago too. Uh, Cause they didn't, where I was working, they didn't have it mapped out and they were trying to find bottlenecks. And I found the, I mapped it out. I found the bottlenecks and, and, even though it really shouldn't have been up to me to provide any recommendations, they wanted me to, so I did. So I know I do know how the process goes. Nothing has been remotely surprising. Everything has been exactly what I expected because of my working in this industry. And of course, there's things that I am learning as I go. I don't know everything. Uh, so yeah, so now we're at the... Now we're at the super fun part where every few minutes I get a text or an email. Oh, you need to resubmit that. One of the signatures, uh, you missed a signature. Or, hey, I messed up. Uh, I need to resend it to you. And you and the wife need to sign it again and, <laughs> and send it back to me. And, of course, my wife is not home uh, between the hours of about 6.30 in the morning uh, until about quarter to 2, 2 o'clock in the afternoon. So that puts an extra uh, challenging spin on everything because now I have to try and like, okay, 
gotta gotta make sure she gets you know hopefully she'll get this at work and can take like 30 seconds to sign these docs and it's so far so good um jesus am i out of sh- i'm like winded i haven't paced back and forth doing a podcast in close to a month and it's like uh-oh <laughs> somebody's in bad shape Somebody needs to walk more. You can probably hear it. I'm like, I'm sweating. I'm trying not to breathe heavily, but I need to. <sighs> uh, so anyways, I, so yeah, so we're in, the, we're in the middle of that process. And it's not a, it's not a, you know, it's not a quick, you know, buying a car is like the easiest thing on the planet. Whoops. Uh, right? Because <laughs> A, they give financing to anybody. So it's very easy to get financing. It might not be good financing if your credit sucks, but it's financing. I know somebody who had like a, I, I can't, it's like an 80% APR, some ridiculous, like, oh my God, you're never going to, okay. But you got a car, you needed a car, you got a car. And luckily there's scumbag institutions out there that will get, <laughs> that will sell you money for <laughs> exponentially more than, uh, than the original amount that they gave to you, sold to you. Um, what else? I was just going to say something, and I yeah, getting a car is easy. Buying a car, uh, and I've got that kind of down to a science. It used to be like, you know, I always thought it was a difficult because it's as easy or as difficult as you want to make it. You know, you can choose to you can choose to go and you know shop at different dealerships and test drive this one and go back and forth with that one and uh negotiate this and do that and i pretty much know what i want before i mean that's the thing like in the 80s there wasn't an internet where you could just be like oh hey look they have this car and then uh you know get uh get a get a carfax you know get a vin report and all the you could you can just do all the research up front now and you can just go and be like yep uh, this is what i want you still have it great let me try drive it great i love it i'll buy it Hey, all right. I got to financing and every car, I think every car that I've ever purchased or leased, I have driven. Yeah. Yeah. Every single one I've driven off the lot that day with the car. And it's, it's a fucking easy process and you could make it longer if you wanted to. You could say, mm, well, you're going to have to do better on the price. I'm going to go someplace else. You could really, you know, you could play hardball and you could dick around. I, I, you know, I don't give a shit. You know, to shave off like, I don't know, 10, 20 bucks a month. Uh, and the trade off is that I have to spend like days upon days upon days of my life going back and forth and dickering. And I, no. I do the I negotiate when I'm there and I do it quickly. I know what the cars are worth. I know what I should be paying for it and get give me the car. <laughs> and obviously the home I mean I I suppose if I really did say, "Hey, I I'm just going to give you a million dollars for this house cuz I want it so badly and uh I'll give you a month to move out and here's cash. We're not going to go through loans and stuff. I just here's a suitcase full of money. <laughs> Give me the house, um, which even still would there. You know, you still have to, you still have to do stuff. But anyway, 
it's obviously a much lengthier process. And, uh, yeah, so, so that's, that's where we are. Uh, found a great house, made an offer, offer accepted. Uh, it makes me happy to know that a great family was there, uh, before us. And, uh, it's a, it's a great place for the kids. And also maybe that's not going to be our house because <laughs> yeah, you st- we're still going through the process of getting approval. I don't have a lot of concerns, but being a contract employee, a lot of people in and just, you know, regulations have zero interest in anyone who's not a salaried employee, which is still makes me laugh because it's like, oh, so the reward, <laughs> the reward for making sure that I'm paid for every minute of work that I do is that nobody wants to lend money to me for a house because they think it's high risk. Ironically, the only time I've ever been laid off was when I was on a full-time salaried <laughs> position. <laughs> and uh, not a single one of my contracts was terminated before the end date. They all went either either they went to the the worst case scenario is they went to the exact end date as specified when I accepted the role or they got extended or they didn't get extended and instead they converted me to a full-time salaried employee. Those are the three outcomes that have happened on every single contract that I've ever been on or or I left uh or I left voluntarily of my own free will to go to a better contract, better role versus, versus the full-time salaried stuff where it's like, yeah, those were the times where I got laid off. (laughs) Not every single one. It was, you know, it was just the one, but, uh, but still, I just think it's, it's fun that we, I've said this before that we equate. It's like, Oh, but you're a temp. Like, yeah, I was just telling my therapist yesterday, I'm like, yeah, as I've said on this podcast, I am, I guess, I guess I'm a temp in the sense that like, we're all temps, right? Like, aren't we all here temporarily on this earth? Like, if you really want to get, <laughs> you really want to go down that path of what, what's, what is actually permanent, like nothing. So why are we pretending by we, I mean, you know government agencies why are we pretending that there really is a difference between a quote permanent salaried employee and an hourly contract employee temp employee quote unquote there is no difference there's okay there's one difference um the salaried employee probably pays less for their health benefits but the contract employee can get health benefits if they want to and I was going to say the difference is like a salary employee, ha- you know, you have PTO or some combination of vacation and sick days. You get paid for holidays, that kind of thing. Whereas a contractor, if you're not working, you're not getting paid. So, okay, we're closed on Christmas. You don't have to work Christmas, but subtract that from, <laughs> from the next paycheck because we're not going to pay you for that day. And that's not always true, too, because in some contracts you can negotiate having some time off. They actually, it is done. Um, so that's the only potential thing. And me being me, I fully expect that to happen. You know, hope for the best, expect the worst, and, you know, 
take whatever comes your way, I guess, is the end of that saying. I don't know. Mm. It's so goddamn hot in here. Mm. I just had to turn off the heat. It is absolutely sweltering. God damn. So anyways, uh, so that's what's going on. That's what's, that's what's up these days. And, uh, yeah, it's very time consuming. In fact, right now there's a million other things that I should be doing, but sometimes you just have to fucking stop (laughs) for two seconds or 45 minutes and, uh, and do a podcast. So here we are. Hopefully you're hearing this after I've posted the other podcasts that I've recorded uh, in recent days and didn't post. Um, yeah, that's it. That's what's happening. And, uh, we'll see how it goes. Either it will or it won't. I'm not like, it's not going to fucking ruin my life. If we don't, it will be very sad, but it's not going to be the, you know, it's not the end of the world. And I'm fully prepared to accept that. Like I said, hope for the best, expect the worst, and we'll see what happens. So that's what's going on. And that's why the podcast uh, thing might be, might be limited for a while. The number of podcasts. All right. Got to run. Got shit to do. We'll talk to you next time. Later, Gators.